You're listening to Rookie Pirate Radio, the official anime and manga podcast for InBetweenDrafts.com. I'm John Negroni. And I'm Travis Imus. And today we have a special guest with us for an all-new anime roundtable. She is our illustrious editor-in-chief over at Inbetween Drafts. It's Allison Johnson. Hi, Allie. Hi. Thanks for, thank you for having me back again. Allie, I think at this point, and maybe you disagree, but I, I think at this point, I would say, maybe maybe Travis disagrees, that you have long graduated from special guest to rookie pirate radio co-host for all things non-One Piece related, correct? Is that is that fair? It feels fair, but I also feel like to make it legitimate, you should let me just guest on a One Piece episode completely oh. blind. No, I mean, you did do that. You, you did do that when you we did. talked about getting started. Sure, but I mean, like, on a manga chapter, I want to come in with no context. We're so far away from those days. I we, mean, uh, at this we, rate. We we don't even have a manga chapter. <laughs> um, but no, Ali, we always love having you here because you are, you are as passionate about anime and manga as anyone else I know. Uh, very happy that the two of you were able to have Kate Sanchez on. Uh, the other week, uh, talking about Boys Love Anime. I love listening to that episode. It was super fun. I learned a lot. I, like, I feel Travis. I could hear Travis learning in that conversation. I was, too, of all these recommendations. I was like, I don't know where to begin. But uh, it was really great. Uh, but, Travis, I know we always, we always got to make sure the listeners have a way to connect with us. So, before we get into our, our anime roundtable for Skip and Loaf for Travis, how can our listeners connect with us and let us know what they think about all the anime and manga topics we're talking about? Well, as you say, John, uh, you know, sometimes uh, we just love to hear from the listeners. Sometimes we need to be sure that the recommendations that we're making are actually working for people. I would, uh, speaking of the Boys Love episode, I would love to hear uh, what people tried from that because uh, uh, there was a lot of recommendations there, and uh, I know I'm going to be trying some myself. But uh, the best way to get in touch with us, a couple of good ways. First off, we have an email address. That's rookiepirateradio at gmail.com, rookiepirateradio at gmail.com. Travis, I want to hear it one more time, please. One more time, rookiepirateradio at gmail.com. Uh that send us a message, you know, give us some feedback. Um, when we do our manga review chapters uh, with Allie and she doesn't know what's going on, you can correct her there. Uh, and uh, But if you really want to get in on the discussion, on the ground floor of whatever we're talking about, the best thing to do is to join our Discord server, which is linked in the show notes. Um, and that Discord server isn't just to talk about One Piece or even just anime and manga, but all the things um, you can find us talking about on InBetweenDrafts.com, from film to TV to books to games. Uh, we're doing all kinds of exciting things, having conversations uh, in there basically all the time. And uh, especially if you are a One Piece fan, there's a lot of chatter going on as we all get very anxious for the manga to come back. Absolutely. And the anime is is hot and on fire at the moment. So there's a lot to love and discover there. But OK, let's get into our anime roundtable, Skip and Loafer. Skip and Loafer is a new slice of life anime series from PA Works. It recently concluded its first season. It was adapted from the manga of the same name, 
written and illustrated by Misaki Takamatsu, and it follows the story of a 15-year-old overachiever named Mitsumi Iwakura, who after growing up in a small town out in the countryside, she moves to Tokyo in order to start high school and achieve her super relatable dream of becoming a government official. I always get a crack into that. She is essentially a Japanese Leslie Nope for all of you Parks and Rec fans out there. On her first day of school, however, she underestimates the complicated Tokyo subway system, I've been there, and is in danger of missing class completely, but she is saved by a laid-back and very handsome schoolmate, Susuke Shima, and the two of them strike up an unlikely friendship with perhaps a potential for something even deeper and more long-lasting. The first 12 episodes of Skip and Loafer are now available to stream on Crunchyroll. Allie, we'll start with you. What did you think of the first season of Skip and Loafer? We, of course, will not spoil anything, especially for the folks who have not watched the anime quite yet. So I've been pretty loud about this elsewhere, but I adore this anime and I knew I was going to adore it, not even at the end of the first episode, but by the time the opening credits ended. <laughs> it, I, there's just a very particular brand of anime, brand of show, but specifically anime that appeals to me. And this kind of soft focus championship of a teenage girl who maybe doesn't fit the bill of what, you know, popularity usually entails. Um, is definitely an appealing thing to me, especially in the coming of age uh, story structure. But I just thought this was one of the more compassionate slice of life shows that I've seen. And it handles being a teenager with a lot of grace and delicacy and never talks down to the characters, even as they're kind of having these heightened emotions. I mean, everything from the voice acting to the character design to the background animation, I just thought it was one of the most, it, again, it's not simple, but it's the way it's rendered has this kind of simplistic storybook quality. And I just thought it was a magical little experience. If It really speaks to how good this season or this year of anime has been that I'm not like ready to call it my number one overall, but it is really close and it is often competing for that first spot. I just, there are so many little aspects of this show that I could go on tangents about and hopefully will in this episode that's why we're here that's why we're here and yeah i'm glad you mentioned that just because of how much this anime sticks out in a season filled with your hell's paradises and your demon slayers swordsmith village arcs i mean there there are plenty and plenty other romantic kind of comedies and slice of life animes that are out there but skip and loafer has definitely been reaching above in terms of online chatter and building up fans. But Travis, you are very new to the season. You binged the whole thing this week. I, I, I think the whole thing, maybe you'll correct me. And uh, while Ali and I, we watched it week to week, we, we had to suffer in between episodes. But Travis, did you suffer while you were watching this anime or are you team Skip and Loafer? Where you at? Uh, definitely didn't suffer. Um, and, and I usually don't do the slice of life thing, admittedly. Um, a lot of the times... Uh, it just kind of falls under my radar, but, uh, I have, I have to say, first off, uh, it is a very beautifully animated show. Uh, PA works just bring in the A game. Um, they, they're, they're usually very good. Um, I want uh, a couple of years back, we had Aquatopo Might Sand, which was just a magnificent, gorgeous anime that, uh, you know, it didn't end the way that I would have liked to see it end, but, uh, you know, just gorgeous from top you know, top to bottom. And I think Skip and Loafer, despite being, um, you know, kind of, you know, just this school setting um, and environment, it's genuinely 
um, just eye candy to watch it at, at all times. It knows exactly when to deploy just these really beautiful moments, these landscape shots, uh, even down to their backgrounds. It's just it's 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 a very pretty show to watch, uh, which makes it all the more better that it is you know just really a wholesome time uh, for me. The, the the big takeaway has been that I kind of appreciate that these characters, despite having these very defined personalities, don't sit with their faults very much. A lot of the first part of the season, which is uh, where I've spent most of my time right now, is in establishing how this little group of friends comes together. Um, and it usually takes the form of having to get over some kind of hang-up they've brought with them into high school. Um, and uh, they slowly start to do that through these relationships. Uh, and, you know, you, you compare that to, you know, even, like, I think about me when I was in high school. I don't think I could get over my hangups as as, as well as uh, these these kids do, honestly. Uh, and it's kind of heartwarming to see just you know what a smile and a little bit of you know just spunk can do to uh, let you know warm people up to you and to the people around you. Uh, and uh, they're just an adorable little gang of friends. Yeah, I, wholesome is the word that I I always see thrown around for this anime. I think it fits quite nicely. Glad you mentioned PA Works there. PA Works, which I haven't seen a lot of their programming, they're known for doing a lot of original work. So it's it's interesting to see Skip and Loafer, which is an adaptation. Their other anime this year was Buddy Daddies, which I you know we've already talked about on this show. I think we were all I, well. I don't know, Travis, you watch Buddy Daddies? I forget, but I know Ali and I watched Buddy Daddies and liked it a good bit. And yeah, this is definitely. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of other PA work stuff. The other one that I know that I want to see at some point is The Day I Became a God. I don't know if there was any other one, Ali, that you would recommend people. But that said, Skip and Loafer, the anime I kept thinking about while I was watching this week to week in terms of older anime, and not even older anime, but in fact, one from last year, Shikamori is not just another cutie. The thing about both of these anime that they have in common that I appreciate is they're ultimately about how high school friends relate to each other. They're about the dynamics of high school friend groups. I know Horimiya is usually cited as one of the, the anime that's really good at that. It, it's sort of like, okay, here's your central romance, but here are the supporting characters and here are how the friends relate to each other and everything. I, I think the secret for me to skip and loafer is that you do have your mains, you do have Mitsumi and Susuke, and you kind of see how they grow closer together in uh, a platonic way. I mean, they this is not like a, you know, who's going to confess first kind of romance. It's way more laid back. It's way more focused on characters. And I think that's why, for me, the key thing about this anime working comes down to uh, Mika Igashira, who is one of the first sort of friends slash frenemies that Mitsumi makes. And I I think this is where the whole anime really like revolves because she's the source of a lot of conflict here. She has a huge crush on Susuke and she is kind of a bad person at first. When we first meet her, she is kind of using Mitsumi, looking down on her. We learn more about her past and there are some interesting elements to her backstory and what this anime is trying to say about, for example, fat shaming um, and certain things that you know, certainly like the hot button issue and topics come into this anime uh, all the time. Uh, we have uh, Nao-chan, who is Mitsumi's aunt, who is a trans character. So we have trans rep uh, representation for her. We have trans representation for uh, one of Mitsumi's childhood friends, her childhood best friend, who we get to meet and hang out with, and that's uh, Fumino. So 
I think that that's like the key element of the anime working. It is laid back. It is wholesome and soft. And I think we agree that the anime is very beautiful. But for me, it's the character work that makes it shine uh, a lot. So th that's why for me, Skip and Loafer, every week, I yes, I wanted to be get all cozy with this anime and have a nice time and enjoy it. But I always felt like I was coming away from it with uh, a good message. And, and it usually came down to how Mitsumi relates with her friends and how she is able to learn from them and they're able to learn from her. And it's a, it's a surprise anime in that respect it's very good at surprising us and so that's why i'm a big fan so you uh you bring up the the you know things like the representation and uh some of the more modern issues and and i have to agree with you and i would even go so far as to say that this anime more so than a lot of what i've seen really feels like it's reflecting a more gen z perspective on uh it, kind, kind of those issues um, there's not a lot of, uh, you know, the you know, now Chen, for example, she just exists in this world. There's a brief moment where there, there, you know, there's a little bit of, of conflict on a train very early on in the, in the second episode, but, um, the, the, the show itself doesn't dwell on this. Um, it, it doesn't necessarily need to present, uh, trauma, you know, it, it just simply makes and normalizes this in a way that I don't think um, anime of like even five years ago would do. Um, there's no there's no sense of a very special episode going on here. There's no like attempts to like try to super moralize the situation. It doesn't do the domestic girlfriend thing where they end up being yeah. like a, a yakuza boss for some reason. Yeah, ex exactly. It's more. It's less. Um, it's less grandstanding and more normalizing. I would say just across the board. Yeah, I completely agree. And the fact that they use characters like now and. Igashira and allowed them to have like these brief moments of connection and showing how it's these two characters who have been either like publicly shamed by society and how they're able to relate without even spelling that out, but just showing how maybe they'd be drawn into one another's orbit is really interesting to me. Um, and again, how they kind of take a very patient, understated type of storytelling you know it's very much told through the visuals or through quiet moments and less so like you guys have been saying in your face or very like special episode moment it's all kind of shown through a lens of you know just this kind of compassionate group of people who are all learning through just being around each other um and it's odd because i feel like one of the best to me comparisons um is both the show toradora which is from like the mid 2000s so it clearly has like a very different kind of moral center but also and i hate throwing this comparison around because i feel like it's such a go-to especially for people who are just getting into animation but this is maybe the show that's felt the closest to like a ghibli film to me and i do think it's because of that patience and storytelling in the way that it kind of has this very distinctive visual language in which it kind of allows their characters to grow through and I, you know, I just, again, it's those little moments. It's like a character like Igashira shouldn't be the character that you walk away having such feelings for because she is presented as like the quote unquote antagonist at first. But the show just does such a tremendous job at fleshing her out and making her her own individual person. And by the end, she's one of my favorite characters. I couldn't agree more. And, I, you know, speaking of that, too, I think like two of the characters that I loved seeing at the forefront here in certain episodes were uh, Makoto Kurume and uh, Yuzuki Murashige. And so uh, Murashige is this like 
very conventionally attractive, um, beautiful, blonde. She, but she's also very nice. And Kurume kind of like initially perceives her as like, oh, she's like a mean girl kind of archetype. And that I think that's to what Travis, you were saying about how this kind of relates to Gen Z in the sense that sometimes like the archetypes are subverted. Although I would say that on the note, Ali, you mentioned about the Studio Ghibli quality. This also has like a dreamlike timeless appeal to it. So then when it comes to like the anime, the animation making all this feel a little bit dreamlike, you also have these like grounded conflicts and, you know, sparking relationships between characters. So when Kurume like kind of realizes that Murashige is a genuine person, like she's not just a pretty face, she's also very smart and very kind and to borrow a word, compassionate. And so like seeing the way that she initially like wrote somebody off because she didn't think she could be friends with them, I certainly like walked away from that being like, yeah, this is, this is a very instructive kind of like high school anime uh, that even I, I, you know, of course that uh, people who are not in high school can also appreciate because it, it's instructive on other real world life lessons too. And I just, I just want to say we we've been dancing around it. Um, Mitsumi just makes me smile like so easily. I love the way that she is animated. I love the design of her character. She's not like the conventional, typical, normative anime character. She's so unique. She is, dare I say it, iconic. And so I love her so much. And Shima, of course, is like such a perfect compliment to her her whole look and appeal as well. I love Mitsumi so much. I saw somebody compare her, I think, to like the character of Boji from Ranking of Kings and that there's just this level of earnestness to their characters that make them just so to the core good people. And Mitsumi, as we see, like she, I mean, I hate to even say mess up because really she just like suffers from a little bit of being naive and maybe kind of sticks her foot in her mouth every once in a while. But she just approaches the world with such a level of uh, good-natured enthusiasm that, again, like you said, it and it's represented in her animation. Also, I think you can tell when an animator loves to animate a certain character, and you can see it in her facial expressions uh, down to like every kind of emotion. I just adore her, and I think we need more protagonists like her. Um, and I think she adds to that timeless appeal that you were mentioning of because she just, again, basic or baseline is a strong individual character who represents like kind of the time that she's in while also engaging with a lot of like, you know, the things that make characters so appealing to begin with. I just, oh, I love her. I love her and Shima so much. I am rooting for them as friends and I love their platonic friendship and I'm happy to see where else it goes. Um, Travis, I'm curious because again, you're not really like, you don't usually veer into slice of life or it's not usually the stuff that you're going to mess with most often but if a character like her is exciting to see because i feel like you don't see her in other shows either no matter the genre uh, so the, the the leslie nope energy i think is is an apt comparison when john said that before because it, it, that, she's almost like a force of nature um she literally just blows in i was gonna say breezes in but that's 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 not even apt like it, it really is like she blows the doors wide open and immediately captured everyone's attention uh and you wouldn't expect that you know usually with that with the character background cause she she kind of comes from a rural area um and that's kind of like supposed to be the unsuspecting part of her character design is that it reflects that a little bit um, so to, to me, it's kind of funny, uh, that you make that comparison, like as a slice of life thing, 
because to to me it's it's almost a, it's almost shown in protagonist energy. <laughs> well, it's 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 technically sign in um, in terms yeah. of like it is. It's I think it's all appeal, but it is supposed to mainly appeal to young boys. Yeah, usually you would see that. Uh, you know, th- there's this very like the you hear her talk about her dreams and her ambitions. Uh, and, and it kind of reflects in everything she's trying to do. That's, I mean, if, you know, if we could get her to say, believe it, she would just be Naruto, uh, you know, in, in, in some respects. <laughs> That's the marketing hook. It's like, do you want to watch Leslie Nope as a teenager and it's anime? Here is Skip and Loafer. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's, it's compelling because she knows what she wants, but the, the entire point is not just the journey. It's literally her learning how to get there. Um, she has no, she has noble intentions, but now needs the, the experience. And she knows that that's the other fun thing is, is as much as she, she has, you know, she's learning through these experiences. Um, she's learning how to interact with people. She's experiencing parts of the world that to her friends are completely normal. Um, I, I love when Shima asks her about uh, Shibuya in a scene and, uh, uh, and they have a little conversation about it, uh, and, and we'll talk about him in a moment. But uh, just the, the conversation about you know something as trivial as being in the city, uh, but for her it's a brand new experience, and she doesn't immediately you know say, "Oh, I love it" or anything like that. It's a much more measured and thoughtful approach because to her she still understands that she has to learn things. A single day's experience is not going to make her the the leader that she wants to be. She has to. Uh, learn and grow and and make the and, and kind of accept that she's going to make mistakes and stuff and i and it, it's very plucky uh but it's not so much where it's it's too much saccharin to be kind of overwhelming it's in that right sweet spot where most of you know most of the the the, the tension for jokes and everything comes from just seeing where she over overcorrects. but it's never at places. her expense yeah exactly. ne- never she's not a punchline even, even when she comes in tired because she stayed up all night and, and you're like, oh, of course you did because that's the kind of person you are. It's, it's always it's always just on that edge of admirable. Like, you know that, that it was never like an irresponsibility. Um, and instead, it's, you know, it, she's almost aspirational when it comes to that little that little bit of determination that shines through and everything. I would argue she is very aspirational, and I don't think this is, like, really spoiler territory, but I do think it was a revealing moment for me, (laughs) is when she's talking to a student council member, and the student council member, to help her, shows her how she takes her notes and organizes her day, and it's it's ridiculous. Like, it is absolutely an obscene level of scheduling, but to me, in my brain, I was like, oh. Man, I wish I possessed some of that. <laughs> Justice for Takamine, by the way, who I think uh, if I, I have not read the manga, uh, I am very tempted to start uh, the manga because of this and to see how it's going. And I just want more Takamine. Um, I really do. Yeah, I, I really enjoy that character um, quite a bit. But again, it's it shows you how, you know, uh, Mitsumi walks away from that interaction and you kind of see as she learns to implement a level of uh, scheduling into her life while also allowing for friendships to develop and kind of show how she can learn from the other's mistakes. And here I am, a full adult, looking at it and being like, oh, I should do that too, which is not the message. Um, and just to your point about like her enjoying the city and kind of like how the show is never using her as a punchline, I kind of love how it shows how everybody around her learns to enjoy things more through her own enjoyment. Like 
as something as silly as her getting a Starbucks drink and it shows the two friends with her like fully embracing, fully happy to watch her joy. I think that's such a nice difference uh, for the show to do to kind of, again, show how somebody's palpable joy can actually make other people's happier. I love that. Yeah. I think if the scene that I pick out whenever I think of this anime and I want to talk about it with someone very much is the, the scene where they're doing karaoke and it, it really sums up really how this anime works and what this anime is trying to do in its storytelling, because it's a scene where you we find Mitsumi in this situation where she wants to make a good impression. She's just in getting to know these people. She wants to become friends with them. And this is, you know, her chance. It's a lot of pressure. It's kind of like when you're performing and you're on stage and this is a character who, as we've mentioned, makes plenty of mistakes. The, the series begins with her making a huge mistake. But it's also an anime about her successes and her victories, the little victories. I, I think that is really what brings in the Leslie Nope thing, because that is a construct, a recipe for success. And in the karaoke thing, it starts off as like almost an embarrassing kind of cringe thing, because I think a lot of like us Westerners are like, what is going on? Why, why is she singing this weird kind of song? But it turns into a victory because it's a song that everybody knows from their childhood. And so what we're witnessing is this very perceptive 15-year-old girl showing that she's smart enough to put others before her in a way to grow closer to them. And that is what starts to attract all of these people into her orbit. It reminds me of my own high school experience when I would have friends and, you know, I would have those friends who had crushes and on like various people. And they're like, how do I become friends? How do I become friends with them? Or how do I get them to go out with me? And I always gave the same advice. It, it's always like, you know, it's a, it's a better version of like, be yourself, but it's sort of like, be your best self, you know, always put others, people ahead of you don't prioritize crushes and relationships, but just be a good person to other people. And your orbit will naturally attract the kind of people that you will grow closer to in whatever relationship that may take, whether it's romance, where it's a very deep and meaningful friendship. I also recommend the movie past lives on that note. Um, also, I do want to shout out, of course, uh, Tomoyo uh, Kurosawa, who is the voice actor here, uh, Ulti from One Piece, if we can bring uh, One Piece into it. But uh, she, she also voices Vosh in a Trigon, Trigon Stampede, um, for what it's worth. And uh, she just does such excellent work with Mitsumi. I just think Mitsumi, uh, it also, and on top of the animation, is just such a wonderful, like, it's such a character that, like, the voice acting could be a little bit grating if handled Badly, I could easily imagine it, but it, that never happened for me at all. Who does she voice in Trigon Stampede? Vash. Okay, so I did not know this. Wonderful. But also, oddly enough, I was going to compare this character to Vash, but then I sat on it because I was like, <laughs> they won't get it and I won't be able to explain it. But it was part of the whole running thing you know we see it in the first episode with Mitsumi running and racing to get to school we see in the last episode of Trigun in the whole line about like I'm just gonna keep running and running until I reach my goals so like <laughs> I did think there was a third line there but again I was like I'm not gonna mention it you're you're conscious no. you know you you had seen the words you'd seen her name but you just yeah yeah didn't, didn't I was like there. in my head it made sense but I was like how do I verbalize it in a way that people are like okay <laughs> clearly she should stick only to writing and not like speaking her thoughts aloud um but no her voice acting is tremendous and I think plays a lot into uh creating the charisma that she kind of like bounds into the screen with 
All right. Any any last thoughts on skipping loafer? Anything we 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 did not mention? I know Travis, you mentioned uh, Shima. Maybe there was one other thing you wanted to get to him. I mean, there's so much to talk about with Shima, of course. Yeah, yeah, and it's tricky because uh, talking about Shima, the the uh, the other half of this little friendship duo, feels more spoilery, honestly, because um, uh, because he's he's a very different force in this little friend group, but. Uh, I really, really like how they've handled him because it's clear what's happening with his character throughout the season, but we don't necessarily get to spend a lot of time in his head specifically. We have to watch it kind of play out through his actions, through his body language. He's an enigma. Yeah, but he's not like, he's not like, again, it's, it's one of those things where if it was too aggressive in one direction, he might come off as too much of a jerk or even kind of, you know, tread into like toxic masculinity. But, but the opposite is true. Um, Shima has this warmness um, about him. Um, where, where Mitsumi is like a was like is like a natural like a force. Um, he's kind of the opposite. He's like a calm breeze. He kind of balances out her, and that's obviously where, where the show's going in a lot of places. I was literally thinking of like when I was watching Elemental, the new Pixar movie. I was like, oh my gosh, it's Skip and Loafer because <laughs> she's fire, <laughs> he's water. Because yeah, seriously, he's go with the flow. He's a little bit more chill. She's kind of fiery, and the Elemental is also about like kind of a romance between two characters who are very different, but the way that like they complement each other. Uh, yeah, I agree. And and the thing that's great about him being kind of the glow with, go with the flow, a little bit of a, a little bit more of a relaxed is when is when the show does decide to peel back a little bit and get in and kind of let us see his backstory and you know what his dreams or maybe the lack thereof kind of comes from or where his motivations lie and it's it's a very interesting way of taking it um to where you know you can tell that there's a lot more going on behind, uh, you know, there, there's a line. I don't want, like I said, I don't want to spoil too much, but there's a funny line where another character just straight up in their own head calls him a himbo. That's how he's viewed to them. But it's very clear in every conversation he has with Mitsumi, especially that that's not true. That's not like he gives off himbo vibes for sure. And, and to be fair, I don't even think that's a derogatory thing when they use that language. Not anymore. No, but it's, it's very we clear it back, that Travis, <laughs> we've we've reclaimed it um but you, he's not an airhead um he's just more thoughtful and uh, and the fact that he's willing to talk about you know where he's at or where his emotions are even if it's you know to a certain degree um it it's it's a it's a healthy representation of how to be someone and how, how to be someone growing up you know and not not to do too much of the whole like men are in trouble thing but there, you know, there's a lot of talk, at least in Western cultures right now, about like role models and representation and what masculinity looks like. And I think Shima is a is a representation of a better way forward for for characters in his kind of space. Um, the show resists making him arm candy, um, even when there are kind of like these little bit of like tensions between um, certain characters when it comes to like his affections or anything. He's never um, put it as like, a, a, you know, he's never himself playing into that or exploiting it for his own gain. Um, he almost tries to diffuse it whenever he can. And, uh, and and I love that about him. Again, he tries to be kind of calm and, and go with the flow. Um, and he just doesn't want to be confrontational 
uh, unless he has to. But there, there is an episode, right? Yeah, it, there's an yeah. episode about that, and it deconstructs that. And to your point, it's a very important lesson because there are so many guys like that. There's so many dudes who kind of try to like be the nice guy persona when they're really feeling something else and they're not reckoning with it and dealing with it. And then that's when the harshness and the bad stuff comes out. And it's just something that a lot of men can have a lot of trouble with. And so I think that that's a, it's a wonderful episode and, and his whole arc in particular is really great to see for that reason. Yeah. I think, I think he's wonderful. Um, ge- genuinely one of, one of the strongest characters of the season. Um, you know, it, in a show that frankly has a bunch of them, I don't think there's any weekly links here in the main cast at all. There's, there's nobody who feels like they're not getting, you know, they're not getting stories told about them. They're not contributing to the main narrative. There's no, you know, there's no direct comic relief character. Yeah. There's no typecasting. Um, everybody's kind of, you know, it's, it's like Kaguya-sama makes me think about this as well, uh, where, you know, it takes a while to expand that cast in Kaguya-sama comparatively. But when they do, um, they they, ne- they never go back into the shadows. And I think Skip and Loafer is doing that on, like, uh, e- even to maybe an elevated level because it doesn't waste any time getting to that point. Yeah, I agree. And I'm just going to say it's timely that you mentioned this show since we were watching it this weekend um, and talking about how the ensemble brings such enormous uh it kind of brings the show together and i do think it's the same thing with skip and lover like you mentioned at the very start there's very few shows that kind of have the same level of very tight uh main groups like this again horimia being one of the few exceptions um but no i agree shima is just he's a wonderful character and to the himbo point i think that's very much by design of his you know i think that's how he wants people to see him because it's easier to float by that way without being confronted by anything um it he's one of the reasons i want to go and read the manga too because i just feel like his storyline is so richly drawn and i don't know how patient i can be in waiting for the anime <laughs> to come back um and sometimes i i'm I don't know about you, John, but I know we both liked Loving Yamada, and that's one where I just ran and I just started reading the manga because I was like, I like it, but I don't love it to the point where like I need to sit and wait and see it in the way that I've engaged with, where Skip and Loafer, I love so much that I can't tell if I jump and continue reading the story or if I wait to enjoy it the way that I started enjoying it with. I think, I think the difference for me is that I think that this... Skip and Lofar, I'm more tempted because I feel like my love story with Yamada-kun tells a pretty complete story from beginning to end. And I don't feel like I got to keep going. I feel like I can wait with that one because I feel like they just tied it and it could keep going and that's fine. But Skip and Lofar, I feel like we have so much other like it's just it feels like we've only scratched the surface of what this is capable of. And that is a compliment to Skip and Loafer comparatively. As much as I love my love story, I think that's a really wonderful anime to check out if you finish Skip and Loafer and you want something else uh, to to ease your soul, uh, I would definitely recommend. That's funny. I guess it's like I... (laughs) I'm doing the opposite of what you're doing, but because I also love Skip and Loafer so much. So it's funny how to, it kind of manifests and leads you. But yeah, no, with loving Amida, I just like, I was like, I need something. If I'm not going to have any more of my slice of life shows right now. <laughs> I, I know, I know. I finished Galaxy Next Door. I, I sent you Pingu the Penguin. Um, that's that. That's when you know of things of turn sideways is when I have like the crop, the me, the sad grumpy penguin, because I literally finished all three of these in the same week. Unacceptable. 
<laughs> Have you tried Insomniacs after school yet, though? No, I was going to do Oshinoko next. Uh, that and uh, Heavenly Delusion. Yeah. yeah, do that. Yeah, because those are those are the two big misses of the spring that I everyone's been saying. What are you doing, John? Hurry up! Wake up! Whatever. Um, and and I, sorry, I I got to I got to get this out too because I'm sure Travis has been curious. Did John cry during Skip and Loafer? I, I hear Travis uh, typing the message out now. I did. I got very emotional in the penultimate episode. I won't say exactly what happens, but. It involves a character and his brother, and that that really got me. Like that, just you know, I love it when a show that is about something else or thinks it's it's like supposed to be about one thing, and then it just sneaks up on you with about something completely different, but also totally the same. Uh, that that it, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was uh, yeah. I had a pause. I had to compose myself, and I think I told you, Ali, when it happened. I was like, oh, like <laughs> you did, and uh, you weren't alone. <laughs> Uh, I think that I think that moment got to a lot of us, and in a way that again is just very relatable to. Not even, it doesn't even have to be relatable. I mean, for me, as somebody who has a much younger sibling, as is the case in these characters, there was a moment that kind of like really hit me in the heart. But yeah, I think that's another sign of just how brilliant the show is, is that it creeps up on you with these emotions. Like, you know, at first it's just, this is so cute and adorable and I love it. And oh my God, aren't these characters so sweet? And then at the end, you know, there's just a little bit of ugly crying and it's great. (laughs) So, so I was going to ask like on, on this, on the scale of, of a little bit of tearing up to a full on, you know, ugly cry. (laughs) Where, where was the, where were the waterworks? It wasn't the ugly answer. It wasn't the ugliest of cries, but it was definitely not like when I, I would not have appreciated someone taking a picture. I'll, I'll put that out there. Um, and I, I just imagine, too, because like Ali and I are just so like Travis, Travis, skip and loaf. I just like imagine the metaphor of like Travis on the couch, like in between me and Ali. And we're just like, come on, Travis, what do you think of this part? And you're just like frowning. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, no, it makes me think just both of us watching him watch the show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, we're not looking at the screen. No. I know, like, how dare you not react to this the same way you did? <laughs> you know, it, uh, you know all, all things considered, I probably will be uh, showing this one to my spouse uh, now that I've watched enough of it to know that it might uh, be cute enough to capture her attention. Because um, she does do that when it's when it's something like, uh, you know, like, like Kaguya-sama. Um, the reason I haven't finished that uh, yet is because I'm, I'm required legally to watch it with her because uh, she does sit there and, and watch for my reaction that ex- that exact kind of energy. Um, not it, but but real talk in group chats, it's basically been nothing but like skip and loafer for like four straight weeks. So I was like, no, nah, I, I will I will watch it for this. I will I will make a point to participate. I understand. As the one person here with a spouse who does not watch anime, I gotta say, I, I don't know how you do it, but how you both do it, of like getting each other to watch things. Cause I'm like, you know, I've tried. I've tried everything. <laughs> um anyway. Just gonna joke and say having spouses who like to do nothing more than just watch screens helps. So you might be living <laughs> a more active and livelier lifestyle in all honesty. We do we do she goes to press screenings with me. Um so like she'll she'll go see stuff like that. She's not the biggest anime fan, so but uh, also, you know, we do we, we try to we try to have fun. We try to do fun things um, every once in a while. But yeah, all right, let's skip and loafer. It's on Crunchyroll. 
obviously highly recommend. We are going into the summer season. We're kind of knee deep in it, honestly. Uh, Jujutsu Kaisen's coming pretty soon. Uh, I already mentioned that I want to be getting into Oshinoko, Heavenly Delusion, which have already wrapped, but also I, I, I got I to admit, I'm very, very curious about this Surune business that Ali keeps mentioning it. I don't, I don't know. But uh, Ali, is there any anime that we haven't talked about uh, that you would want to kind of put out there that maybe is coming out? Maybe people should have on their radar? Putting you on the spot a little bit. Yeah, for coming out, um, I, I, we've, I mean, we've mentioned it very briefly, but Horimiya, The Missing Pieces. Um, <sighs> I apparently... I Okay, well, that's that's fine. I love it. Or how about this? I love any excuse to get to hang out with these characters again. I love Horimiya. I'm just saying I tried I, I, I tried watching episode two. I tried. Or sorry, season two, episode one. And it made me upset. We'll have to get into this further outside of this. <laughs> yeah, all right. Um, because I feel like maybe this could take some time to uh, unpack. But no, I that is mine for people to get into right now. Um, honestly... I feel like maybe I'm not as excited for the summer season and I've been going back and I'm honestly in the middle of rewatch or watching for the first time shows like Ping Pong of the Animation and Kill a Kill and mm. Devilman Crybaby. I'm kind of going and like hitting off a lot of the ones that I haven't seen before. And yes, One Piece will come back in that rotation, but that's a you can address Quinn about that because he also gets sucked into things on his own but for now i think horimiya is my main one for the season yes i'll be watching jujitsu kaisen i'm kind of i don't know why my interest has died a little bit since the first season um and i'm sure i'll get yelled to that it's been so long yeah i, I, I know why <laughs> <laughs> no it's not that because i've known i yeah there's there's things i've known for a long time but there's definitely i don't know i'm i'm I hope the first episode I'll be like, I was so wrong. I can't believe I doubted it for a second. But um, I think I've just loved so many kind of smaller shows this year that I'm less like drawn into the Demon Slayers and the Jujutsu Kaisens of the world. But yeah, Hormia. Hormia is mine for the season. I will say in regards to Demon Slayer, I... I can confirm even more so than ever that I much prefer the anime to the manga because uh, I'm about one episode away from finishing the Swordsmith uh, episodes. And it's just, it, it, there's no comparison. I, I just do not like the manga. And I mean, no shade to people who do like the manga. I just, yeah, it's just not for me. But the anime, still still killing, still loving that. Oh yeah, with Demon Slayer, it's it's a huge the the animation is just a huge elevation. Like what Ufotable is doing is incredible. Um, apropos of whatever the manga looks like, in my opinion, um, I will say uh, to the to the point about Jujutsu Kaisen, um, it's worth noting that uh, the the core that the, the, the that seasons could open on is uh, is the uh, I guess how do I put this the a uh, slice of life version of Jujutsu Kaisen, <laughs> um, because it because it is an entire arc dedicated to flashing back to Gojo's high school days, um, to do a lot of setup. And uh, if you watched Jujutsu Kaisen Zero and got certain vibes from character interactions there, uh, this will only make those vibes high, uh, stronger. So uh, I feel like. This is where I say, and like, if my sister comes crashing through the door right now, overhearing this, that's what, this is why I'm not like, Gojo's not the selling point of the show for me either, though. I mean, I like Gojo, but I, I, like I kind of him, agree with you there. For me, people, the, yeah. people really like Gojo. 
They do. Yeah, yeah. He's like fun Kakashi or whatever. But no, I, I actually, I, I'm kind of with you. My favorite characters are the, the three mains, honestly. Me too. Like, I, I love, love Hidori, but I love that character type. Yeah, yeah. The voodoo, like the whole like rock or the hammer and like nail, like that whole weapon like concept is just so brilliant. It's really good. Kugisaki is best girl. It's and just brutal. True. It's like such a brutal type of style. Before Sorry. we get into yeah. tangent upon tangent, uh, Travis, I know we still have a week or so before the Mo- One Piece manga returns. And so we still got to figure out what we're going to do, what we're going to talk about. So I don't have any ideas at the moment, but uh, I don't think we really have a strong summer preview that I think we could do. So should we turn it to the listeners? What do you think? I mean, rookiepirateradio at gmail.com. You know, let, let us know. <laughs> Hit us up in the uh, Discord. Jump in that Discord. <laughs> I just, I don't want to do the thing that like, okay, no, I'm not trying to harsh on the, the YouTubers out there, but like the One Piece YouTubers and like what they've been doing in the meantime, I'm just seeing the, I know I sent you, Travis, like just scrambling, you know, for content. And I'm like, okay, I just don't want to do that. I don't want to be that, you know, podcast, quite honestly. No, that's what that's that that's what's great about taking time like this to talk about an anime that we otherwise would let completely fall under the radar in this space, and uh, I, I you know means I watched it, so that's a good thing, uh, net positive all across the board. Do you think we got to do another anime roundtable? Do you think we got to do a Demon Slayer one, or is that really necessary? Travis and I might not speak anymore. Oh man, <laughs> we uh, do a do a hash out of uh, of Demon Slayer that would uh, a cope session. Uh, at that point, you might as well just be a co-host. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're if you're gonna beat up on Travis and uh, you know criticize him, yeah, you're taking my role. So that sounds I good. Mean, is it me beating up on him, or is it him having reservations of me publishing an article in which I quote unquote slander? What's oh, yeah, his, that was what's his face? That was the other content idea because I was like, oh, you know, we have the best anime of 2023 so far list coming out, but here's the thing: it is very similar to the spring anime preview we already did, and we've talked about so many so many of the anime on that list already that I'm like, oh, I guess. I, I, it's not that I, I don't know. I, I, Travis, am I wrong? Like, I feel like we wouldn't really have much to talk about. That's new. Spo- spoilers, including this anime. <laughs> like, Just it's, it's smack dab right there at the top of the list. So, yeah. No, um, I mean, I, I can have I can have the Inonosuke defending our session if we want to do that. Yeah, we got that. Uh, Mashal ended up. I, I would say Mashal probably my anime of the season. Um, I know the Hell's Paradise fans are upset, but uh, just Mashal really took me took me down, uh, wore me down, did everything. It punched me in the face, and I felt it. Uh, but yeah, and I still haven't finished Mashal. I think I have one episode left. So yeah, but all right, that this episode of Rookie Pie Radio is over. Thank you as always for listening like travis already mentioned we're on the discord we have our email all that stuff is in the show notes we'll be back soon if you have an idea for an episode uh for next week or any week just hit us up Uh, but we'll see you all on the next one bye everybody